if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have Bryn Marhefka. Bryn is a sex, love, and embodiment coach who helps women amplify their confidence, know their desires, and create a life that truly turns them on. Today, we'll be diving deep into topics like self-pleasure, breaking codependency, and the journey to embodiment after divorce. We'll also be talking about things like our love affair for each other. Because... I love you so much. <laughs> because... While Bryn is a sex, love, and embodiment coach in her own right, she is also so the glue that keeps all of our shit together here at Sex and Love Co., that sex chick. If we didn't have her, I feel like we'd have nothing. <laughs> she is my operations manager. She went from being my executive assistant to totally blossoming in her own 
And we run programs now that she leads. She runs masterclasses and she's just overall a great human. She's a delight to be around. And I am so excited to have a conversation with her for the podcast that really gets to shine a light into who she is and what she does and gives her space to share her gifts. Bryn, thank you for coming on to That Sex Chick. Hi. Yay. It's so fun to be on the show and to think about all that has had to happen for the show to even occur. And now I get to be a guest and that feels super special. Mm -hmm. I'm only sad that I'm not sitting next to you. That's my biggest regret right now. Well, you know, sometimes you got to visit family. And so Mm -hmm. this one just Mm -hmm. happened to fall at a time when you were visiting Miss Liz. Mm-hmm. in Florida sitting in my mom's bedroom <laughs> <laughs> well, very official podcast business soon enough you will be here you will be back with us the dogs for sure miss you Ugh, I don't know about Jordan I assume he misses you too mm, we'll assume so so I'm ready to just dive right on in what do you think let's do it because otherwise do it. we will do small talk for six years yes 1000 percent. so <laughs> everyone wants to know your journey how did that go down? How are you working with a, a person who calls herself that check sex chick that check sex, um, that sex chick that has shelves upon shelves of sex toys and erotic books and all the things like how did you wind up working for this company? But more importantly, how did you find yourself in this space? What was your, mm. what was your life like? I, I wish I could remember the exact moment that I saw you on Facebook. Like I know Jordan has his story where he's like, you were doing this live and you were crying and you were so beautiful. And I'm sure there was something that you were doing. And I was like, whoa, whatever she's doing, I want a piece of that magic. You had this edge and this like feistiness and sass and like a little bit of darkness that I wanted to touch. Um, because growing up, really up until the last, I would say, couple years of my life, I played the good girl. I did the good girl route. I went to school. I got great grades. I followed all the rules. I remember my parents used to say things to me like, you can do no wrong. Like you get good grades. You can do whatever you want because you always like get done what you're supposed to. And so I like, I, in, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I really took on that label of being the good girl. And I met my now ex-husband, but I met him when we were graduating college. And I knew that that was going to be my route. Like I found the right man. We were in love. We started to do the dance of like, we've been together long enough. So obviously the next step is we get engaged and A leads to B leads to C. And so I was doing all the good girl things. And we had literally the house with the white picket fence, the two dogs, we owned two businesses together. And we were, uh, I grew up and lived in Gainesville, Florida. And we were Gainesville's like golden couple. Everybody thought we were just like the bee's knees, (laughs) which is also like a very good girl phrase to say. And the reality is, is on the other side of that really pretty shiny relationship and that good girl label was a woman who just fell flat. Like I had, oh, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. I felt like nothing. I felt no desire, no passion, no drive. I lived my life for my husband and I lived my life for other people. I wanted to make sure everything looked really polished and nice on the outside. And it did, 
but behind closed doors, nothing was inherently wrong. I just felt passionless. You know, our sex life was meh. Our communication was meh. We didn't really fight or have like disagreements or conflict. So everything just like I picture, you know, when that heartbeat line and it just goes flat all of a sudden, like that's how I felt. And I operated from that space for a really long time. And then I started to get the pull, like that intuitive hit that this can't be it. If this is it, I'm going to be really fucking sad. I can't operate from this place of this is my husband and this is what we do. We wake up, we go to work, we come home, we watch Netflix, we have missionary sex once or twice a month. And like, that's it. And so we both started to get that itch around the same time. And somewhere along that line, I imagine that's when you started to come into my field, right? I believe there is no such thing as a coincidence. And I somehow found you in that space. So I'm simultaneously having this parallel path where my then husband and I, we went on a road trip. This was the catalyst. <laughs> if you ever want to know if you and your partner are doomed to fail or <laughs> have wild success in your relationship, pack everything into a really small van and go travel together. So we sold all of our belongings. We went into an RV because we were both just, again, like looking for that more. And it was during that time I started to get this intuitive hit of like, it, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to know who you are outside of wife as a label, outside of this person's shadow. Cause that's really what it felt like that I was living in his shadow. I delegated everything to this man, my pleasure, my finances, my desires, my friendships, like everything was through him. And I wanted to know who I was without him. And I knew it was going to be insanely tough. I knew it was going to be wild on the other side of that. And that's where you came in. It was, I want to say maybe a couple of weeks after I took that leap and told my partner, it's on my 30th birthday, actually, that I said to him, something isn't working. I didn't know if that was going to lead to divorce or not, but I knew intuitively I needed to separate. I needed space. I needed to break the codependency. And that meant you go this way, I go that way, and we'll figure it the rest out. So I drove myself to Austin and I hired you, I think maybe a couple of weeks later, because I knew I had spent so much time in my life focusing on business development and mindset. And I was starting to get all these other big pieces of the puzzle but sex, sexuality, sensuality, pleasure, desire was like this gaping hole. And you embodied all of that to me. And you felt so like attainable. Like I didn't feel like I couldn't reach out to you. It felt like, oh, you were going to be this like edgy friend that I've always wanted to be friends with and help me with my sex life. And that's a really dope combination. <laughs> so I remember sitting at a Starbucks. I was still living in my RV at the time. And you would put out this post about, I think, stepping into sex coaching. And at this time, like I'm doing nothing even close to that. I am working at a retreat center in California. I'm helping people with like inner child work, a lot softer um, of a, a profession, if you will. But there was just this intuition that this is something I'm supposed to go into, whether or not it, it turns into a lifelong career or just my now. I knew I needed to speak with you. And on that call, 
it was just a not if, but when, like I knew I needed to get the money together to work with you and I was going to figure it out. And here we are. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then that started your journey working with me as a client. And then eventually, I mean, we got on that call and I was like, wow, she's really sweet. (laughs) I remember you sitting in that Starbucks. I remember that call. I remember your yes. And I was like, amazing. Like it would be such a dream to work with this person because Mm -hmm. you were ready to show up. You were ready to show up for yourself. You were ready to show up for something bigger in your life, whether that be your pleasure and your desires and also your career and your life path. And when we started working together, I remember pretty early on saying, I think she might be my first, like I might hire her. She made me my first like official full-time employee, you know, versus having some freelance work and people that just kind of come and go like, I want to make a home with her. (laughs) So I want to wipe her. (laughs) Yeah. I want to wipe her right quick. And I, I know, I know that I felt that tingle early on where I'm like, there's definitely something more between her and I than, uh, just this one program and then see you later. So mm-hmm. uh, that particular program that you signed up for was our sex and love. It's sex and love university. Now it was structured differently a couple of years ago. And so, um, it's so interesting to say a couple of years ago, cause it is almost a couple of years ago. Gosh. Um, so it was structured a bit differently, but it was six months. We were in a container together and I think it was, I think we maybe had two ish months to go and, yeah. And then we, I started just kind of dripping like the possibility the began. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember we were just about two weeks post initial COVID lockdown and I invited you over to our backyard and you sat on one end of the eight seater table and I sat on the other end and I was like, let's talk about how to really make this work. Mm-hmm. And we started with part-time and very quickly I realized, no, we can make so much magic together and we can help so many more people. I am one person and whether I'm in the teacher role or the entrepreneur role or whatever role, whatever hat I've got on, it can only go so far. And bringing you in as an implementer, for those of you who follow human design as my generator, who can help me see all the steps uh, to get some of the, the vision and the creations and the imagination and stuff that's in my head. Um, you know, working with you, there's so much more possible. Mm -hmm. And through this process too, watching you shine, um, and then not just watching you shine in the job, but also watching you on your journey, continuing your journey of discovering who is Bryn, who is she past, you know, or who is she post divorce? Who is she post-divorce when her ex-husband decides to move to the same location, you know, because eventually your uh, previous partner wound up spending a lot of time in Austin. So, Mm -hmm. you know, watching you move through that, watching you move through being in and out of the relationship that you were in just after that one. And yeah, getting to, to witness you put your foot down and say, I want more out of this life. And how you showed up for that was really remarkable and inspiring to me because watching you unfold and that was not pretty at times, you know, between health stuff and personal, whatever it was, it, it's not always pretty, but still watching you 
unfold regardless and blossom Mm -hmm. regardless. Mm -hmm. It just lit a fire in me to really go. She needs more space to talk about her journey. She needs like so deeply, like you belong coaching other women and Mm -hmm. in those containers and sharing and serving through your lived experience. And I feel like I have an extra added superpower, you know, and for me personally, because I have you and because my clients have you now as well, Mm -hmm. you are an expert and I don't use that term very often, but you are an expert at holding space. You're an Mm -hmm. expert at meeting someone exactly where they are. And from a genuine and empathetic place, when I meet someone where they are, sometimes I feel it right away. And sometimes I have to talk myself into meeting them where they're at because my first response is get your shit together. But for you, you are like, Ooh, I feel with you right away. And so just working with you, being a witness to you, I am learning so much and I am Mm -hmm. forever grateful that you Mm -hmm. said yes to this giant experiment of working with me. I, my whole body is tingling. I love you so much. Thank you for that. Um, It was hearing you reflect that. It's funny, as you were saying that, I was thinking about the power of having somebody to hold you through tough times that is there for you no matter what. And that's what you were for me. Like, yes, I hired you first to be that role, but then to have you throughout such a, a tumultuous time in my life and the value of having a coach, a friend, a mentor, whoever it may be that can say to you, like, I'm going to give you the space to figure this out. And I'm going to also hold you to your highest self throughout that process. Cause you saw me dipping out of some crunchy things going back to partners that I didn't need to be going into or like not valuing my full self. Right. But you giving me that space allowed me to always come back to, I deserve to have a hundred percent. And when I embodied that, everything opened up for me. And that's really actually how working with you, I think that whole journey into my whole life opening up was this embodiment of, I get to have a hundred percent leaving my husband. It was, I get to have a hundred percent leaving a future relationship that didn't work out was I get to have a hundred percent. And when I wasn't getting a hundred percent, it wasn't just like, I, you know, didn't take responsibility. It was where am I responsible for this not being a hundred percent of what I want? And if I can't get there by taking full responsibility and they aren't able to meet me in that, then I get to make another decision to move on. And you kept allowing me to play in that space. And every time it is manifested in something better or more, yeah, just better than I could have imagined. Yeah. I have a little mantra that I say to myself that I've probably, I don't, I don't imagine I've shared it with you. I don't know why I would have. But it's like anytime there's like a thing that maybe I'm like, oh, maybe just that's hot. Don't touch it. You know, like a thing in your life. Every time there's like maybe some kind of crunchiness, my mantra is she's worth it. Mm. She's worth it. I say that all the time. Like there's a thing that happens or like I said, whether it's like health stuff or a relationship or you needing some space and going, you know, out of state to be with a family or something like that. And like, doesn't matter. She's worth it. Hmm. She's worth it. And I think in a world um, of people running businesses, the term like this person is replaceable 
And ultimately, yeah, sure, you can get another person to fit a position, but you and your uniqueness, one of a kind. Mm. So I'm like all the time, like worth it, worth it, worth it. Now, speaking of some of the crunchiness, speaking of some of what (laughs) your lived experience has been like, whether it's over the last couple of years or even up to very recently, um, what I, and I'll just preface this and also say what I love about what we do and the commitment that we, because I know that we both have this, um, the commitment that we have to our clients is we don't demand of ourselves to have all of the answers before we show up to serve. So I could be going through a thing right now and also help someone who's just a little bit behind me on that journey. And so there's no shame and there's no shying away from what I'm going through. Cool. I'm going through it and I'm learning lessons and I'm holding myself accountable. And I have extremely high self-awareness through the process to be able to articulate what I see is happening, the meta perspective, the dynamics, all of the things. Um, And so I'm just going to share this right away so that someone who might be feeling this in this moment can go, wow. She sees me. I feel so seen. I'm not alone. It's yeah. going to be okay. And so anyway, um, that's just to say, like, I love how you show up. I know I show up this way too. It's like, I don't have to know all of the answers. So whether no. you, what I'm about to ask you, whether that's a couple of years ago or like last week, <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want to know those codes. So you talk a lot about having, um, having had a codependent relationship. Mm. Um, I'm curious, you know, some people might hear that word and not actually know what that means, or they might think maybe they're also in that. And so just a general curiosity about how you felt being in that space and in that type of relationship and what did you learn through it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting in it. I don't think I would have ever labeled myself as codependent because that's just how I operated. And I would say codependency is when truly you need someone else to help you make everyday decisions where there isn't that autonomous you, your partner, and then the collective, it's just the collective. And you hear this a lot that you attract your opposite and mirrored wounding. And that's what Chris and I did. We were trauma bonded. We both grew up I needed somebody to take care of me. That was just how I was raised. I I grew up in in a very like nurturing, loving way. It doesn't always have to be and feel toxic, but that's just how I was raised. I was constantly given support, constantly helped with things like my homework and making the tough decision of where to go to school. There was just always somebody there to give me an answer. And so I grew up like, that's just how I operated. And he grew up in the place of, I need someone to take care of. Like that is how my value is seen in the world if I am taking care of somebody. So of course we attracted each other and there was this reciprocal relationship of help me, take care of me. And he's like, I feel like your savior. And we just played that role over and over. And I didn't know how deep it went until when we separated, I saw all of the ways in which I was not able to take care of myself. And it was painful as fuck. I mean, I was a 30 year old adult that didn't know how to manage her finances. I would ignore my bank account completely because that was the only way that I knew how to operate was if I pretend it's not there, it doesn't exist. Hey, also same Z's. It is a work in progress. 
It really is. And that is not to say that in a year's time, I have it all figured out, but I sure should have gone further along that journey. I'm actually and... logging in to my bank account now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I need to look at that one bill. That's one year at a time. Yes. I log in now. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. This is your reminder. If you haven't logged in, do it today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it was, it was that times everything in my life. So I outsourced my finances. I outsourced my desires. And that was not just sexually, but like anything. If we were doing an activity on the weekend, it was because he wanted to do it. And I thought, sure, I'll try that thing. So I was a triathlete for years. I have no business being a triathlete. That is not something that lights me up. That was what lit him up. But I found myself competing in triathlons constantly because that's what he wanted to do. Our friend group was something he had cultivated and I showed up to. There was nothing that I was actively taking as my own. And I actually think that's why when he moved to Austin, it was so painful at first because the first time in my life, I thought this was mine. I created this life in this city for myself. These are my friends. And it wasn't from this territorial place. It was just for the first time in my life, everything in my life is mine because I made it. And now what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And I had to work through that. And I remember you actually were one of the people that said this to me. And it was really impactful because I thought that being this, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but this feels important to share mm -hmm. that I, especially being in the, the personal development space and spirituality and consciousness, I thought it was a sign of being developed. If I could be friends with my ex, I thought that meant that I had like reached the pinnacle and I was this really woke human being. And I was having this really tough time being around him. And you looked at me and you said, you know, you don't have to be friends with him. And I remember just pausing and going, fuck, you're right. I don't. And it doesn't say anything less about me if I can't be friends with this person in this moment. I so, remember I was like, can I give you some unsolicited advice? I'm pretty yeah. sure I started the sentence like that. Like, can I give that to you? And you were like, yeah. I was like, stop letting him near you. Stop letting any of that near you. Like give yourself yes. the space to actually heal. That is was, taking the high road because you choose you ultimately. You know, you choose that, that you know yourself the best. And that's, I'd like some space, not because I am not as advanced, but because my heart is tender and I want to mm -hmm. give it some time to heal. You can almost become addicted to doing the work. And I have certainly... Oh, yeah had moments like that where I'm using it as a badge of honor. I've mm -hmm. used all sorts of things as badges of honor in my life, but the more developed I've gotten, the more I almost use it as like this challenge of like, oh, yeah. if I can overcome this, go deeper, um, then I'm I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing the work. And sure. sometimes it's just a bunch of bullshit. And For you sure. don't need to do it. <laughs> For sure. Because that stuff comes up. And I very much resonate. And I'm sure that there's so many listeners that will resonate with that too. They're like, yeah. And there are times now where I'll see a thing playing out and I'll go, fuck that. You know, and I'll, and I'll honor my humanness. Like I am a human and mm. I can't just bypass, which I have done that before personally, where I've just bypassed the thing and said, I choose to feel this wave my <laughs> metaphorical magic spiritual wand 
and just bypass the emotion and bypass the trauma, essentially, depending on what it is, because not everything that I've bypassed in my personal life has been, you know, a trauma's underneath that. But I probably could trace them all down to something if I really dug into it. Um, I also a thing that I have been absurdly like, well, I have just found myself in the process until eventually I was like, no more of that is actually processing. I was like, I don't need to process this anymore where I currently am. This is as far as I get. And this conversation isn't going to get me any further. So no more four hour processing for every disagreement or every misalignment. Fuck yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You just go, go be in your own space and stop needing my approval. (laughs) We are, you're speaking my language right now. I just heard somebody say this the other day that processing is bullshit because it keeps you so much in this logical brain and I think so much of my breaking codependency in this journey to embodiment is getting out of my mind. Yeah. I grew up in such an analytical, logical, and also being rewarded for how smart I was. And also so you're I a was, Virgo. I, I'm, I'm a Virgo and Capricorn. So <laughs> organization is my love life. So she uses Excel really well. That's all <laughs> that you need to know. Yes. I will find the smallest detail of anything and I will pick it apart until it is dead. And that's why I think embodiment and this path of embodiment lit me up so deeply because I realized, hey, Bryn, if you can get out of your mind and into your body and move what is present, then you are going to get so much further. You're going to pass through that emotion. You're going to feel more like yourself than if you stay stuck up in this like analytical processing state. Well, why are you coaching me right now? (laughs) You don't have to shout. You don't have to shout at me. (laughs) Just a note that anytime Bryn and I get on our morning calls, there are a lot of times where we go, one day we need to, or like we should have, even though needs and shoulds underneath them are shame. So I'm not shaming us in this moment, but uh, we drop some codes and we, in a, in a sense, coach each other every day All through day, this human experience. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So anyway, you mentioned this whole outsourcing the desire, outsourcing friendships, outsourcing all those things. You got them all in Austin and then were thrown for several other loops, hmm. one being a new relationship. And then some health challenges and stuff that have come up, which I don't know. I've now I've said that like a few times. So people will probably be like, if she doesn't say anything about that, is Alexa airing her shit? (laughs) I'm happy to share more. Just quickly, because I think that that is a beautiful segue into talking more about how you were able to experience pleasure. Because when the physical body Mm. is showing just dis-ease, when it's showing discomfort and pleasure is even the hardest to access, finding Mm. your way through it to get to it is really like, it's so elusive for so many people. Oh yeah, I could, I, I'm excited to touch on this. So, um, the gist without going too deeply into it, cause I could fill a whole episode on this is that I lived in a moldy toxic apartment that triggered some sort of upper respiratory, uh, autoimmune type, um, issues never really got to the bottom of it. And then I got COVID. So I went right from like having these flare ups, feeling just like my life would be going towards this like really beautiful direction. And then I would get smacked down by the universe 
in this way of like two weeks of just feeling like my body was exploding. I had no idea what was going on. I would have to like call out of work and it was just a disaster. Um, and then never really fully getting a handle on that and then getting COVID and COVID was a whole other storm in and of itself. Um, but somebody actually sent me this text message the other day and I, I read it in tears because it was, it just, it hit a nerve and it felt so true. Girlfriend texted me out of the blue and said, did you ever consider it that your sickness, your illness that you kept having over the past year was you shedding the past you and up-leveling into this next version of yourself? Um, and it, yeah, I get emotional even thinking about it because I've had to let go of so much, so much heaviness, so much of the, this is who you were supposed to be and stepping into who I truly know that I am as a woman, as a sexual being, as a, um, you know, a coach to all of these other women that are also forging their paths. It is, it has created a lot of tension internally. And of course that manifested as disease in my body. And when you were talking about finding pleasure amongst the sickness, it had me go back to this very specific moment when, um, without going too deep into it, I, I had a really gnarly case of COVID. Not like the, you get it for two weeks, you recover and you're back on your feet. Like Jordan and I. Yeah. yeah. I had the three months still dealing with some underlying inflammation, fatigue symptoms. And so for about a month, I would call myself like more or less bedridden. Like I was getting up from my couch, getting like bone broth down and going back to sleep and like really just barely thriving. I mean, barely like getting up and doing human things. And I remember being in the bathtub one day, feeling just awful. So not like myself. And I had this like primal desire to indulge in self-pleasure, like to get my vibrator out and to use it and to like sit in the paradox of pain and pleasure. And it was such a powerful moment being able to hold both of those places at once where my body in every sense of the word was falling apart. And I was in such an inflammatory state, but to still through that, be able to give myself 10 minutes of like bliss and be able to sit in that orgasmic state. It was magical. And I remember thinking like, oh, you can hold this all the time. Life is not black and white. It is not one or the other. And the more that I can learn to hold everything at once, the deeper I can go into myself, the more I can hold my clients through that. It was really, really powerful. Mm. <sighs> it is really powerful. Mm. And of course, in the current state that I am in today, considering so many different possibilities and so many heavy things, it's a great reminder. And also it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be a challenging trying thing. And then you can also have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. It can be exceptionally painful and still have moments of pleasure. And I do think it's not bypassing. That is a choice because there have definitely been times where it is a painful time and I wallow, fucking wallow. And then there are times where more recently it's, 
this sucks and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and this sucks yeah. and it's not always going to suck. You know, this sucks and what I have sex, like <laughs> it can be both of the things. Yeah, both and. Mm-hmm. So in coming out of coming through divorce, the health cha- challenges, um, what would you say are some of the things that really stood out to you when it came to being a more embodied Bryn? Hmm. Yeah. So there are a handful of things that I would say I kept in these regular sorts of practices. I already touched on one self-pleasure that was, it became really working with you. It became this non-negotiable of like, it's not just masturbating. Cause that's great. Like I was never really one to shy away from that. I would say more so in my relationship, I, I probably had a little bit of guilt in that, or like, didn't feel as comfortable having a regular masturbation practice when I didn't have space to like, feel like I could do it without my partner knowing that, that I was doing it. Yeah. Or that you were doing that instead of sex. Right. Right. Like God forbid I have pleasure outside of us having sex together. Um, it will be very different now with mm-hmm. my next relationship, but now it's just, it's a non-negotiable for me. And so rather than thinking about like my pleasure as this uh, thing that I allow to come into my life like, sporadically or responsive, I schedule and I have times in my week that are, this is your routine. Like this is part of, this is like brushing your teeth. You're going to get out your crystal wand. You're going to lather your body in these oils. You're going to light candles. You're going to put your crystals out in the moonlight and you're going to have a super intense crying orgasm in your bathtub. And that is part of your self-care. And like, if it's funny, if I thought if somebody had said that to me, even a couple years ago, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? Um, but even just a couple days ago, I, I, bought a new crystal wand for myself as an act of self-care. It's like this tool helps me to connect more with my pussy and my body and my pleasure. And like, yeah, I'm going to take that every day. So self-pleasure for sure is a non-negotiable and it happens weekly. Um, and then I would say another piece of my embodiment journey um, has been a consistent practice of movement. And so as the, you were joking earlier, like you're a Virgo and a Capricorn and I, I thrive in structure and order. And so my hack for a lot of these things is to schedule the more flowy embodied practices. Mm -hmm. So moving my body, usually in a more sensual manner is one of the best ways for me to get out of my head and into moving the energy so that I can come back to homeostasis. We talked about this the other day of how crying allows us just to like release the tension and come back to normalcy. And for me, like dance has become such an important part of that practice. Um, And I'll even do it to certain beliefs. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, I'm dating again and I was really triggered by a new prospect, we'll call him. I didn't get a text back in the way that I thought I would. I felt the like ghosting, wounding, abandonment shit coming up. And what I did was I put on a song and the belief was like, I am invisible to men. Like that was what was coming up for me. And I put on this like moody song 
And I cried and I writhed around on the bed and I like was pounding my fists and I'm like, just literally sobbing, moving around, like feeling through in my body, like what it felt like to be invisible to men. And then I went right into the next song that was like way more upbeat and sensual and like goddessy. And the belief was men are dying to claim you and peeling over. And I was like Beyonce status, like rubbing my fingers through my hair, like felt like the hottest thing on planet earth. And to be able to move that energy, I literally shifted that in like a 20 minute period. But had I tried to like analyze like, well, you know, maybe he's just busy right now and, you know, or journal it out. It would have kept me fucking stuck. And instead I was able to move through it. And so now I'm curious after you move through it, he texts. Oh, we're still texting. <laughs> See, I fucking yeah. knew it. They can feel that shit. A hundred connections, whether you've met them in person or not. And also while I'm happy you alchemized and transmuted and all of that. If that's that man that's in California, he is nowhere close to Austin. <laughs> Okay. So maybe you should have overanalyzed it and pushed it energetically away. We don't know which this could be one of my Self, many suitors. So we'll just selfishly. leave it at that. Oh, please. All right. Fine. I like this, Bryn. Sure. So mm-hmm. then also with your dancing and your moving and your self pleasuring, then whoever connects with you that is worth their salt. Is that the phrase? I have no worth idea. We'll weight go in gold. No, I'm just making stuff up now. Um, it's worth <laughs> it. Then uh-huh. hopefully you can writhe and dance and sprinkle some juju in the air and it leads them to Austin. Yeah, There's no more of these long distance things. No. Yeah. We'll have to do like a blood pact on that one. <laughs> this is me with the <laughs> finger shaking in the air. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you said self-pleasure ritual or practice, mm-hmm. dancing, movement, primal. Mm-hmm writhing, sensual touch. I, yeah, this is a great episode for me personally. Mm. And I think somebody asked me not that long ago um, about like your program that you're running for our company and asked me, is it something that you would take? Like, is it something that I would do? And I said, I think it was something to the effect that there are parts of it that are on the educational front where it would just be repeating stuff that I already teach, but all of the embodiment portion, all of the ritual and the practices, I absolutely could use refreshers and reminders because I'm also, even though I teach, I experience resistance and I know that you do too. I, but through continuing to show up for it, that resistance lessens and lessens and it becomes more attainable and accessible and you can touch it. And in the times where I am feeling the most crunchy and rigid and I'm a Virgo rising, I'm a Leo, but I have a Virgo rising. So I just want to light everything on fire and then put structure around it also. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also like that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great, great reminders. And watching you even articulate and express it. I'm like, fuck, that would really help me right now. So on the day that we are recording this, Jordan and I have our engagement photo shoot later today. And so I, of course, could talk to you forever, but I do have a time limit. Otherwise, Mm. I'm going to be late for that. And Jordan and I have an agreement that anytime I am late, I get a spanking for every one minute. That sounds yummy. I know, though, it depending on how late I am will change where this spanking occurs. 
That's true. Okay. And I might not like the wear. Like it'll all be on my butt, but mm-hmm. the actual, like, is it at home? Is it in the car? Is it in the bathroom at the place that we're going? Is it, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, yes and no. Of course, I also want to be a good girl. Mm-hmm. So, and that means being on time. But anyway, yeah, it's been, it's been a challenging day. There's been a lot of heaviness mm-hmm. with like decisions and projects and all the things. Um, and I for sure could use some of that, like, straddle a pillow on the bed and writhe around and beat the bed and put my favorite song on and shout fuck you and then be like fuck I'm okay I'm okay I'm Mm -hmm. okay like how do I get myself more to the place of I'm actually fine like really Mm -hmm. truly not just someone concerned coming around the corner like Alexa are you okay and be like I'm fine I'm fine but like mm-hmm. me really talking to myself, moving through something, going like, I'm connected back to my body. I know who the fuck I am. I just had a reminder, needed to have a moment. I moved through the thing. And so maybe I just need to give myself a little time in between when we record this and actually go to our engagement shoot to maybe do that on our yeah. bed because I could use a little alchemizing myself. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yes. So I think you probably have maybe another one or two things that. And I know that you've mentioned to me and I know that you teach to our students, some of our clients as well. Um, these things sound familiar to me and mm-hmm. they are very much becoming Bryn's methodology, mm-hmm. sensual dance, movement, self-pleasure. And I would say a part of that self-pleasure is connecting to that power source, the energy source, the womb, vulva. And of course, we're talking about people who have these body parts. But also if you're listening to this and you're one of my many non-women listeners, you're benefiting from hearing this. Oh yeah. So absolutely. What else is on the list? Um, you just spoke to connecting to your womb. And that to me has been, I think if like I had heard that initially on a podcast, I would have been like, well, what the fuck does that actually mean? And it was working with you where I really started to come back to my body and really understand like I think it was actually a mama Gina quote. And I quoted this on my Instagram the other day, and it is quickly becoming one of my favorite quotes, something along the lines of like, if you want to know where your true power lies, go to the places you've been told to fear the most your period, your, uh, like menopause, pregnancy, um, your orgasm. And the last line is all places that involve your pussy. And every time I read it, I'm like, Oh, it's so true. Like if I can go back to connecting with my womb, connecting with my pussy, like connecting to the parts of me that I've just historically ignored and not even from a sexual place, just from like a, Hey, what is your, like, what are you trying to tell me today? What are you saying to me in this moment? And that can be truly as simple as me closing my eyes putting one hand on my heart and one hand over my womb and just sitting in the silence, like sitting in the stillness, sitting in the muck when I so badly just want to be told what to do and allowing my body to settle into a couple of deep breaths and just sitting with the energy moving back and forth from my heart into my womb space and back and forth and letting it move through my body. And I know over enough time that stillness will translate into me having clarity. 
doesn't always happen in one session. It doesn't always happen like this bolt of lightning strikes. And it's like, Oh, I know the answer to this thing that I've been crying over. But if I can just slow down and connect to that part of my body, it's, it's so powerful. Um, and connecting to my womb can also look like really understanding my cycle, understanding my, the rhythms that I naturally have the, you know, earlier today, I was talking about this, like, lack of confidence I was feeling. Last week, I was like, again, just on top of the world, every Instagram story possible. I just was super glowy. And you're like, well, where are you on your cycle? Like, oh yeah, ovulating, want to be in front of every camera, luteal phase, want to crawl into a cave (laughs) or at least starting to feel like I want to crawl into a cave. Want to break the cameras. (laughs) Yeah. Also want to eat everything in sight. Mm -hmm. So um, part of that like womb connection has been honoring the rhythms and honoring the cycles that my body inherently knows how to follow. Um, And being off of, personally, my choice was to be off of hormonal birth control so that I could feel those rhythms. And I know you've recorded some really great podcast episodes that you can go down on a whole nother tangent alone on just your period and what that looks like. Shout out to the Nicole Jardim episode 22, I think. Yes. Check her out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my personal favorite of the ways that you've expressed this to me, uh, embodiment, pleasure, all of that is the edge. Mm. It's like going up against edges. And I know that we've spoken about that so many times. We've gone to workshops together. We, I have done multiple podcasts on it. Um, It's definitely a big part of my journey. And I know that it was something that you were just starting to dip a toe into even learning when we first got together. So I know Mm. that coming up against where your edges lie. And uh, let me just be clear, getting on the bed and writhing and rubbing your body and touching yourself or even just sitting and putting a hand on your heart and a hand on your womb might be pushing an edge for you. Yeah. A listener is who I'm talking to there. So, yep. you know, it might not be getting discipline from a lover. It might not be getting tied up or bondage. It might not look like impact play, like a spanking or a flogging or something like that. So your edge is unique to you, but it's up to you to determine where the edge is and figure out how to talk about it and decide how comfortable am I just pushing up against it. And then Mm -hmm. having a commitment and taking responsibility, knowing that that is your edge of growth. So the more that you push up against that edge, the more you grow and the more you grow, the more you learn about yourself, the more you love yourself because you're Mm -hmm. not being stagnant because you're not staying where you were, where you are. You're showing yourself that you mean a lot to you and your growth and your development means a lot. And so I know that that's a big part of this journey too. I when I met you, one of the things that I was just committed to figuring out was every time I would get asked the question with, you know, either somebody that I was seeing or, you know, in my previous partner, like, what do you like sexually? And I didn't fucking know. And it was infuriating that I only knew this like one type of thing to respond to. Like, oh, I like clitoral stimulation with my vibrator in this exact way. And like, that was it. That was all I knew how to communicate. So for me, going to the edges was me committing to breaking that cycle of, I don't know what I want. 
I had to bump up against edges. I had to get out of that narrow lane so that I could start to understand what other flavors I liked. But you can't do that, in my opinion, if you're not willing to explore. And chances are in that exploration, you're going to bump up against an edge. And this is where boundaries comes in because you may not always know in the moment that it's an edge until you bump up against it. And going to a BDSM workshop with a bunch of my closest friends, single, without a partner, and like being committed to exploring my own like sexual boundaries around people that I was just starting to connect with, that was an edge for sure. Um, And I'm so grateful because it opened up this whole other world of all sorts of yumminess. So, Mm -hmm. yes, it did. (laughs) I was a spectator at one of the workshops that we did, Tantra BDSM. It's one of those ones that life is never the same after that. Like when you learn all the different colors, like you really can learn. I think through the power of knowledge or just through knowledge comes power and confidence. Like, oh, I can, there's, you know, there's one thing to think, oh, my edge is if I let him touch my butthole, like, or something, you know, something like that. And that's like all you can fathom. But when you are exposed and you gain knowledge about what are all the other options or a bunch of other options, and you decide I'm, I'm going to consider these things without judgment for myself and see if anything is, is authentically pulling me and new edges, like life just gets to be way more sparkly mm-hmm. and way more colorful. So I certainly have had a few experiences where I'm like, well, life will never be the same. Yeah. Like It will legit never be the same. And mm-hmm. if it goes back to before I learned these things about myself and about sex and about expression, then like, I don't want to live that life. Like, I just don't want to do it. So commitment yeah. to pushing up against those edges. So this is a really dynamic conversation. I could talk to you forever, which, you know, we've already Mm -hmm. been on zoom like three times. (laughs) Well, maybe not three times today, two big times, but we talk to each other constantly, whether it's on Slack or in text or in email. Yes. There's probably other Instagram DMS. We literally exhaust every means of communication and have separate conversations going on in each one. That is true. Yeah. And I still, (laughs) (laughs) and I still could talk to you more and more here, but Alas, I do have an engagement photo shoot to go get ready for and hopefully squeeze a little embodiment um, Mm -hmm. in the mix before I go because I, my body could certainly use it. And I know that I will be able to access significantly more pleasure on the other side of it. So Mm. thank you for all the reminders in this show. And of course, sharing your story and your gifts with all of the listeners. Um, I know that a number of the listeners are also students of ours uh, or you are almost students of ours or almost clients of ours. And some of you have worked with us like over the last several years and are not technically in a program now, but you're able to get your fix of the se- that sex chick team in Sex and Love Co. Um, by listening to the podcast, but I'm just curious, are there any messages that you have for all the people listening? And also I would love if you touched on a little bit of what magic you are specifically bringing to our company. 
Yes, I would love that. So um, I think the last piece that I'd love to leave this episode with is your pleasure is your responsibility. It just is. And that can be the most suffocating, like, oh my God, I can't even breathe because it's my responsibility. Or it can be the most empowering statement you've ever said. Because once you realize that only you can figure out what you like and only you can go after that, you realize anything is possible. And no longer do you have to wait for some knight in shining arbor to come in and give you the exact thing that you need because you can go out and do it for yourself. And yeah. Fuck yes. Sounds, <laughs> sounds familiar. Sounds like mm. something I, something similar to a thing that I preach all the time. I hear you say it and I'm like, snaps in a C formation. It is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now give us a little sprinkle, a little taste of what people can expect from you in the company now. Yeah. So I'm really grateful to be in a place now where I'm creating programs and I'm coaching within Sex and Love Co., which feels so exciting. My highest excitement to teach and to coach. Um, and so a program that we is this podcast is recording or about to be launching is called own your orgasm. And it was the first program I created with that major help from Alexa. And I've run it a couple of times and it is such a joy to run. Um, we're getting ready to do that again. And in this program, I am guiding women through a five week container together where we go into how to take responsibility for your pleasure. I teach you about your body. I help guide you to understanding the things that turn you on so that you can take responsibility and have confidence doing so. And we'll go into things like your anatomy. We'll go into things like rewriting your sexual story. So like, what are those limiting beliefs and things that you've brought in to your relationships that we can shift together? And Then we go into practices that you can do on your own and with the other women going through the program that teach you how to turn yourself on, that teach you how to go into a better, deeper orgasm, that teach you how to um, light yourself up. And that is, yeah, such, um, such a honor to be able to do that for now women going forward because not that long ago, I was going through that journey. And I think that's what makes this program so relatable is I'm working with women that were me just a year, year and a half, two years ago. And I get to now support you in that beginning stage of your journey too. And that's just super special. Accountability oftentimes makes all the difference, but you're not just the accountability buddy or the accountability partner, you're definitely going to be bringing some pretty incredible magic with the embodiment practices that I know are on deck for that particular program. And when you run it, the breath work that people get to experience, the dancing that they get to experience, the assignments are some of the ones that make your butt pucker and also your heart kind of explode and your pussy tingle. Like it's, it's all the things. Um, and so It's one of those places I think that for so many people, if they are to say yes and do a program like that, whether they are someone who's just getting their journey started or someone like me who's been in this work for a really long time and could use the reminders every now and then, 
it's a place where you can just sigh of relief because yes, you are taking responsibility by saying yes and going into the, to the program, but you're able to also just like fall and surrender into the program. And as long as you show up and as long as you continue to say yes to yourself and the assignments and pushing up against those edges, um, you're going, it's inevitable. Your success through it is inevitable, whatever your success means. And that could look like just wanting to feel more pleasure in your day to day or having your very first orgasm or Mm -hmm. being able to access parts of you that maybe you were able to access at one point and you are having a difficult time now, or maybe children have come into the mix or it's a long-term relationship that's unfolded or something like that. This is, these are the kinds of programs and the one that Bryn's talking about specifically on your orgasm is one for all types of people, um, all types of women, no matter where you're at on your journey, where you just get to show up and say, I'm here for me. Maybe this is something that you're going to decide that everything else in your life is for somebody else. And this is one of those opportunities where you get to go, I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose learning about myself. I'm going to choose my pleasure. I'm going to choose my orgasm and I'm going to do this. So Mm. I love that we have that coming up now. So as this particular podcast is released, we are actually enrolling. Of course, we are recording this before enrollment, but at, at the time that this gets released, we will be in the throes of enrollment. And so this is an invitation to check out the links that are in the show notes, check out on your orgasm. It is a really beautiful landing page that Bryn has created (laughs) and she looks adorable and it's so properly branded with all of her leopard print and her soft pink and a bunch of other colors that I can't wear. Um, so check it out and maybe this is a time where you just learn about it and you just get up close to the edge and the edge being saying yes. Maybe you just get up close and you go, well, maybe I'll do that. And maybe for some of you, you're listening to this and you're like, I just, fuck, I just, I want to take responsibility right now. And I want to take action with that responsibility. And you say yes. And you want to join. Um, Bryn's going to be holding that container. I will also be a really big part of that as being her ultimate hype girl, which I am so excited because she is usually the hype girl for me. Um, (laughs) so I'm excited to be holding that role down. And I am so ready to impress by the way. So, so yes, check it out and always feel free to reach out to us. Um, we are as accessible as we possibly can be. There are times when my Instagram DMS are basically a shit show. So hello at that sex chick. We'll go to both of us. So hello at that sex chick for any questions, any comments, any considerations, concerns, things that you are curious about, other things that start with a K, message us and ask about it. So anything else you want to add to that, Bryn? The, you, you nailed it and said so many amazing things. And the only other thing that comes to mind is this program, like if nothing else that you get out of it you will be so held and supported by other women. And that alone is one of the most healing types of medicine I have ever had the pleasure of like going through being in your program and other programs when their container is only women, magic happens. And so know that if nothing else occurs, being able to be around other women that are sex positive and going through the same types of experiences or at the very least desire a lot of the same things there's a lot of healing that can occur from that too. And so, yeah, I'm just really excited for that. 
1000%. Bryn, I love you. Thank I you. Love you so much for coming on to the show. It was potent. It was juicy. It was magical. And it gives me all the feels to be able to do this work with you and alongside you. Mm, Ditto. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.